You are listening to the Photo Bomb podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photo Bomb podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry, and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. Well, it's Monday. It is, in fact, Monday. Normally, we, we record the show on Sunday, but uh, this week we're recording on Monday because you were in the air, I believe, yesterday? I was par- part of the day, yes. I was in the air on my way back from Atlanta after North Central and Northeast District judging for the PPA's District Photographic Competition, and uh, I had a thought. Like, I live in Orlando, and... Um, PPA's offices are in Atlanta, and that's so. And I and I make several trips there a year for various different things, um, and um, it is about thirty minutes worth of time saving to fly instead of drive. About thirty minutes, like because it's a six hour drive, right. and you're supposed to get to the airport two hours early. If you right. check a bag by the time you get on the train, get where you're going, uh, call an Uber, go to the airport, check my bag, go stand in line at security. Get to them and then get through there. Wait, plane takes off. Go the whole nine yards. It takes about five hours and fifteen, five hours and thirty minutes door to door to fly to Atlanta. Yeah, and it takes about. It's like barely, like it's not worth. It. Like I could drive it. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Anytime you fly to just to someplace in Georgia, yeah. When you figure it all into into the time you spend sitting in the airport and all that stuff, yeah, it comes out to be about the same, maybe a little bit. Same. But don't you think though, it's a little bit of the whole. Like, um, I would rather drive 15 minutes out of my way and keep moving than sit in traffic and not move, but save 15 minutes. Like, you know, going to the airport and everything, you get your, your, at least you're, you're doing different things, you know, you're, now I'm sitting, now I'm walking, now I'm checking in. Whereas if you're in a car, it's just six hours of drudgery. What I'd rather have is a, an Iron Man suit or a jetpack. Or yeah. a teleportation device, or a transporter. <laughs> I'd like to have Can a driver. I'd like to have a driver. I like, I like, oh, you yeah. know, if he was just That's like probably more reasonable. You know, yeah, Rico <laughs> is going to drive me to Atlanta, and I'm going to be sitting in the back of the Escalade, you know, playing Angry Birds. Then, yeah. that would be great. That would be the best, absolutely. Yeah, but uh, you know, not all of us can afford a driver. So what are you going to do? Do you get to the? Are you a? Are you a get to the airport early person, or are you a? They're lining up to get on the plane when you walk up, kind of guy. No, I'm a, I'm a, I've traveled enough. I'm obsessive about getting to the airport early, uh, pretty much. Yeah. Because I don't like to be, I don't handle that kind of like immediate stress well. Uh, you know, so I like just, I try to eliminate stress by, uh, by, by giving myself lots of time. Plus, my favorite thing about the airport is that when you're at the airport and when you're on a plane, you can't really do anything for anyone. It is the ultimate excuse to right. welch out of anything or any responsibility. You just go, oh, I'm traveling right now. I'm at the airport. Can't I'm help I'm sorry. I'm, tra- I'm traveling. Can't do it for you. Sorry. Can't, sorry. Can't what help. was that? Sorry, Mom. <laughs> I'm traveling. <laughs> so you can't – you say you don't handle the immediate stress well. What does that look like? Are we, are, do we melt down? Do we start screaming at people? Yeah, I have no. I just get super bitchy. I really do. Like, because I don't understand when anything doesn't make sense to me. I really just get nasty. Okay. Like, there's a, a rule for the sake of there having a rule there, right. or something that doesn't make sense, you know. And so I, I just get, and and they're just folks. They're just people doing their job, you know. And I'm sorry, lady at the Aban Pain. Who I gave crap to because I was I was running late on running low on time. That's not your fault. 
Um, you're already worked the cash register at Aubon Payne. So, like, I, I, I don't need to make that worse. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take that into consideration. <laughs> like, when you get mad at the, you get annoyed with the people at the TSA check in. Really? They work at the TSA check in. You want that job? Well, even if they got paid $50 an hour, it still looks like the most boring day. Oh, job my God. I've ever seen it's in my drudgery life. and awful. Oh God! Can you? I couldn't. I couldn't imagine. And there's not only that. There's the guy who stands by the exit, like the people getting off the plane going the other way. Right. He doesn't have to stop and check anybody. He just sits there to just be there all day, probably an eight to twelve hour shift. Yes. Sitting in a high chair, just watching people walk by yep, yep. and just keeping an eye out, just in case one of them might be a violent terrorist or something. I don't know. I think I think he's there mostly to make sure people don't come the other way and walk in through the outdoor. Right, exactly. Which in in it would be really upsetting to think that your job could easily be replaced by a sign <laughs> or a tensor barrier. Oh, or a one a one way turnstile. Yeah, exactly. You know, one of those. So there's forty grand a year plus benefits. Uh, how much is that turnstile again? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, there are yeah. lots of things at the airport that I find are funny. Like we have at in the Orlando International, we have when you're getting on the plane, you have to go through security. You have these little pads with four different faces on them to like describe your experience. So it's basically you walk by and you tap it. It's a big smiley face, a kind of smiley face, a neutral face, and an angry face. Oh, I've heard about these. I read yeah, an article yeah. about these. Yeah, and you and you touch one to sort of signify. Uh, what your experience was with the TSA. Okay. And I just wonder how wildly inaccurate those would be. How many times a nine-year-old just goes up and just starts hitting the angry face like a hundred times in a row? <laughs> yeah, how accurate, how accurate is any polling where the person gets to decide if they're going to participate in the poll? And, 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 how, and how ridiculous is it that as a society, it's like... Don't leave a comment card. There's not like any words to fill out. Just hit the hit the face that describes how you feel. <laughs> yeah, we're really getting down to the bare minimum of of, of interaction between us yes, and other people. Yes, yes. Like it's not even like here's a brief survey. Would you take a second? Because if there was a screen there and I had something to say, I'd happily go through and spend five minutes doing it. If I had, if I was early and made it through security with a good amount of time. Because here's the thing: the people that are going to fill that one out are going to be the ones who got through security and have time to fill it out so those are by and large going to be people that were happy with their speed of having gotten through security right 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 and so and instead they give you the angry face emoji which you can very easily just mash on a hundred times if they decide to i don't know check your suitcase take too long forget that you're there one lady this and i got pre-checked so i do i do pretty well but there was a lady that you know how you got to take everything out of your pockets like even pieces of paper and like if they've got a gum wrapper they're like everything out of your pockets everything out of your pockets and so i, I had one last little piece of paper or receipt or something and i had forgotten it was in my pocket and i was already up there and i looked there's no trash can so i put it on the on the table, like to the side of the metal detector, my plan was walk through the metal detector and then reach back and grab the paper real quick and then throw it in the trash on the other side. And as soon as that paper hit the table, that the lady got on me. She was all over me like a lampshade. It was immediately, she goes, sir, just pick that paper up. I said, no, I kiss you. got to go. And she goes, sir, that is not a trash can. I go, I'm, I'm obviously aware that's not a, oh, you know what? I'm just going to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> But now, forever, I'm the asshole that was, like, littering in yes. the airport. Instead yes. of, like, in my head, I'm like, I'm just going to pop through and then reach back and grab it on the other side of the thing. And anyway, so that's, uh, you know. So I hit the angry face, like, a lot. 
Do you hit the, you hit you hit the angry face? Yeah, uh, six times. Like wow. six angry faces. Because yeah. to represent six people or six times as angry as normal people. Six times, because that's just rude. It's like that's such a and it's just the attitude. You know what else is rude? You know what else is rude? Littering. Dropping your garbage <laughs> on the uh, when these people work is quite rude. <laughs> Extremely rude. <laughs> You know, uh, listen, speaking of our great state of Florida, before we talk about the photography, I want to this. This is this is Florida in a nutshell um, in the capital in the U.S. capital. They have I've never seen this, but apparently someplace in our U.S. capital, they have this rotunda or someplace where there are statues from every state. And there are two statues from every state of a famous person from that state. Okay. Okay. So Florida has decided that they're going to remove one of our statues that is in that rotunda and replace it with a new statue. And the statue that they're going Wh- to which one of our racist forefathers is getting their statue pulled down? That would be uh, <laughs> that would be a Confederate general, uh, Edmund Kirby Smith. That they're going to take his statue out, and which I am in full, and they're going to replace it with a statue of Mary McLeod Bethune, who founded a... Bethune-Cookman uh, College. Yeah. There, there you go. She founded a college here, and, and I think this is a great and noble thing, and I think it's wonderful. But here's what's funny. There's two statues celebrating the great citizens and people who have achieved great things in Florida. The second statue that's there and is going to stay, I don't know the guy's name, but he's the guy who invented air conditioning. <laughs> no, he is not. Yes, where to God? No, he's the he's guy. Not. Wait, I'm going to look it up right now. Let's see if it says. Uh, yeah, please get on the Google. Uh, here we go. The other one is John Gorey, whose inventions led to modern day air conditioning. This is from the Associated Press. John John Gorey is his name. G O R R I E. So here's what gets me: when the original call comes down from the U.S. Capitol that we need two statues to represent the great state of Florida, two great Americans from the great state of Florida. The two people they come up with are a Confederate general and the guy who invented air conditioning. <laughs> this tells you all you need to know about Florida. That's this, pretty accurate. Really, yeah, good. I'm going to be honest. Sums that it is right real up accurate. for you. Sums up right there where the values are and what's really important in the state of Florida. Well, there was a I, there was a documentary um, um, called or a TV show called How the States Were Made, and it's all about different uh, things about how state lines were drawn and what you know. It was really kind of an interesting. This is how America came to be America kind of a show, and there was one episode they did on air conditioning and how it affected the population. So uh, air conditioning was became sort of more a lot more per- pervasive in. Um, residential use in the 60s. So you would you might go into a department store or you might go something like that and they had an air conditioning unit before that. But for the most part, nobody had air conditioning in their home before 1960s. And so the, it did like what the U.S. population centers were pre-1960, the, most, the 10 most populated countries or states and the 10 cities, the 10 most populated cities after the 1960s. And it spread from eight of the 10 were in the Northeast and then after the night, like it was uh, 40 years later, eight of the 10 were in the South and Southwest. Right. Air conditioning was a huge game changer. Yeah. It yeah. made it so that people could live in Nevada and right. not die. Before it was, yeah. before it was in residential, they used to have the movie theaters would advertise, you know, ice cold. You, you know, that was one of the, the reasons come to the movies, not to see the movie, but because we have air conditioning. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. yeah because that's, it's cold. So, you're, you know. that's, the, that's how the summer blockbuster was created, right? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> So um, it's that season, so we're going to be touching on this a lot. You were actually you were in Atlanta because you were judging. Were you judging two districts? 
Yeah, well, what's happened is um, over the over the years, if we're talking about the competitions or the districts, the affiliates of the Professional Photographers of America, which run the International Photographic Competition, these are sort of like the run-up to that. So, And they count towards that if you do well. And so <clears throat> traditionally, the district competitions happen at a convention. Okay. That's the way it's that's the way it's mostly always been done is there was a there was a southeast convention, a northeast convention and southwest, etc. Unfortunately, due to m- multiple reasons and changes in the industry, most of those uh district conventions have folded and no longer happen. So, because those conventions uh those competitions were still important to the international photographic competition, at this point, uh most of those district competitions have been brought into uh, PPA to happen at their headquarters in Atlanta. So they fly the judges in, and instead of being in a convention, it's just judges coming to Atlanta to judge the images where they live stream, and people can watch that and stuff. But essentially, um, it in order to make, do it more economically, they, they can put two districts back-to-back and, and have the, the, the we had two panels of judges. We judged 1,200 images in uh, uh, two days. 1,200? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was uh, it was maybe over twelve hundred, maybe thirteen, and that was the combination of the North Central and the Northeast District. So, were were, were you ever on a panel that awarded a perfect one hundred? No, uh-uh. we got a we got a couple of uh, the panels that I was on. We got a couple above ninety five, but nothing, nothing that was a hundred. Because that's such a such rare air, you know. Yeah. That's why I ask. Yeah, no, it was cool, man. I saw some really, really incredible work. Um, judged with some great folks and uh, looking forward to uh, now I got to figure out if I have enough time to scramble and enter into the Southeast District. So and you and you well. and you are still you have now that you're a new judge. You started last year. Yes, and I'm you, on probation. I'm I was gonna, and you have a, yes, you have a three year probation period. Yes, uh-huh. oh, it's uh-huh. just crazy the amount of hoops you have to jump through to be a judge. I started ten ten years ago. My first competition. Um, and on that would have been really my first step to it. And, and I, and I did it fairly quickly. I got my master's in four years and then I got ju- once after that, I took me probably another three, four, three or four years to earn enough and take the classes, meet the criteria to even submit to apply to be a judge. And so I'm in uh, the end of my first year of probation. So yeah, about 10 years from the jump from my first competition to now. So when I mean, the- the good thing is, you know that everybody sitting on that panel has is supremely qualified to be there, though. So, that's, and uh, that's is, is the uh, is the ankle bracelet chafing at all? It does a little, um, I, but that's just me. I have sensitive skin, so I don't want to make a big thing about it. I'm sure it doesn't affect everyone. Try some um, lotion. It, Try some it's lotion. It's mostly it's mostly the the back of my head itches from the chip. Right. You know, <laughs> this? yeah. And they put that in. <laughs> Just a little bit of a bump, yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not as bad. The hair's grown over the spot, so that's actually fine. Oh. Like it's no big deal anymore. It's our. It's just the nightmares that really make it bad. You know, the nightmares that have only happened since that was installed. But right. I can live with that. It's okay. it's worth it to be a judge. <laughs> in uh, in photography news, in uh, the news, did you hear about um, Lytro? Remember Lytro? They make a night camera that that would like the multiple you could pick the focus afterwards. Is that yeah, something? it was like a camera that did some sort of a deep field focus, and then you could you after the picture was taken, you could pick what the camera focused on. Right. So yeah. you you didn't have to focus on anything; it focused on everything, and then you got to pick what it would focus on. And it was kind of the first one that came out was like a tube, and then they came out with one that was more like a traditional camera, and then they went under. Well, um, Google is buying them. Google is paying forty million dollars and buying them for the good te- old Google. Yes, for the technology. So 
what will we see in future Android cameras? I, I don't know, man. I think there's so many of these technologies that big companies keep buying up and buying up that are supposed to revolutionize cameras. And I haven't seen that much of it really hitting the market in a way that's affected how we do stuff on a day-to-day right. basis. Um but I, I feel at some point something crazy is going to come out, and not only will it be insane, but it's probably going to put us all out of work. But, you know, whatever. That's the thing. Well, they also they have 59 patents related to light field imaging that Google might want. Uh, mm. It's rumored $40 million. They might be paying $25 million. And also, uh, Google's SVP of hardware has a seat on Lytro's board of directors. So he probably went to Google and said, hey, guys, this is, you know, there's a lot of stuff here we could use. There's some cool patents and stuff here. So uh, let's pick this up. But at one time, the company was valued at $360 million. So yeah, that's a bit a of a downgrade, isn't it? Yeah, yeah a bargain for Google. <laughs> yeah, they're getting it you know what? You and I should million. just chip in and get it. I know, like, right? I'm sure we could outbid Google. Right? $25, $40 million? I mean, seriously, though. Oh, you com- said for, million. Yeah, oh, million. Okay. Yeah. For a company like Google, though, really, to pay $25 million is like, you know, let's buy lunch for the staff. Yeah, it's, it's twenty. It's, it's, that's really it's like twenty bucks to you or me. Yeah, yeah it's no big deal. really nothing yeah, yeah. at all to do yeah. something like that. Abs- hey, by the way, in other photography news, uh, Petapixel reported um, in uh, just uh, what is today? What is the day today? Okay, yeah, just a couple of days ago. The headline is: Are you ready? I know what's coming. Go ahead. Canon full frame mirrorless mm. already in the hands yes. of pros. Yes, there are apparently there are some Canon explorers of light. Which, by the way, is the greatest title in the history of titles for people in photography. Explorers of Light. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the Explorers of Light's headquarters. Explorers uh, of Light. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll, I is, I'll do better. I got to come up with something. The, the word <laughs> is that there are a couple of Explorers of Light who actually have in their hands the new Canon full-frame mirrorless camera. Yeah, if you're not familiar with the Canon Explorers of Light, it's sort of they're like elite uh group of photographers that go out and teach for them uh, they're all fantastic and uh you know it's it's a it's a program they've had for a long long time here's um, the thing though i'm trying what to is think the thing? of the explorers of light that i've met and that mm-hmm. i know and i don't know many who are really like wedding shooters susan stripling is a uh, new brand new explorer of light okay <clears throat> well may, hopefully yeah. maybe she gets her hands on one because i would hate to think because i heard that they had reached out to the Explorers of Light and asked them, you know, what would you like to see in a camera? And I would hate to think that they were taking all their cues from people like Lindsay Adler, you know, who's wonderful, but she's a portrait photographer. And what a portrait photographer needs is not the same as what we run and gun shooters need. So, you know, I would hope that they would have also talked to, you know, hey, we need a joystick on the back for the focus point. You know, hey, you know, hey. We, I really uh, hope that they don't put one on there just to chap your Oh, ass, if, they, if that's it, I'm done. I will, I will, I will make the jump to Fuji. One hundred percent to Fuji. Oh, absolutely! If I they don't have the, if they don't have the focus toggle stick, if they don't have a way for me to change to move the focus point around quickly and easily, I mean, if they come up with some other way, great. If it, you know, eye tracking technology to where all you have to do is look at where you want to focus, and it automatically focuses there. Okay, now that would be pretty cool. And that's and that's they're supposed to be in the works. What to about where, using the uh, the the L the L the LED screen with your thumb to just put it where you want? Well, then you're not using the viewfinder anymore. You're holding it up. No, no, that's with the with the Canon, with the M5, the one that I have. You're looking through the viewfinder, and your thumb's on the trackpad, and you're moving your thumb around, and the focus point's moving in the viewfinder. Okay, but don't, I mean, isn't that a bit of a stretch for your thumb to go all the way over? No, no, I have very long thumbs. They're very okay. elegant. But how would they, <laughs> elegant? <laughs> but yes, how, they're great. But I mean, I you know, I would 
one, I would have to try that. I mean, yeah, if it works, great. All I'm saying is they can get rid of the joystick as long as they still have a way for you to quickly move your focus point around. Uh, Jim Farrar chimes in and says he hates that title. I'm assuming he means Explorers of Light. And uh, Zach Thomas uh, comments in, um, she went canon. I think he's talking about Susan Stripling. Yeah, I think she's been testing with them for uh, over a year and then made the switch. And I actually just saw her at WPPI a couple of weeks ago teaching for the first time on the canon live learning stage in the trade show. So, yeah, she is fully fully canon shooter now. Um, Jimmy chimes back in because you can be a painter, a location scout, so many other professions than a photographer. All right. Those are those are all valid points and interesting things, guys. We appreciate you. Thanks for chiming in. And uh, yeah, so uh, I, I guess I see your point like that is I mean, I I think, you know, it's funny to say, but one of the biggest game changers in the quality of my work I was always frustrated and obsessed with focus, but could never get it. And I, I don't know if I've ever told you this story before, but I was out with some friends, photographer friends, at a gun range, and we were shooting clay pigeons with uh, shotguns. And I went to pick up the camera that belonged to my friend to go take a picture of her while she was shooting, and the focus point was, like, stuck over on the side. And I was like, oh, why is it stuck? Oh, my God. <laughs> And I realized that you could manually select the focus point and put it where you wanted. And I'm standing there in like a camouflage booty hunter hat, you know, <laughs> shotgun shells all over the ground, looking at the camera going, oh, oh. I'm, an, I'm an idiot. I, I didn't know you could idiot. do this. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Oh, I got a quick one for you here. Uh, Federico Quaglino says, hey, guys from Italy, still very mad for your pizza comment. We invented pizza. That means it's the best. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty sure no. uh, that you didn't invent pizza, at least not good pizza, because I've had lots of pizza in Italy, and it's 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 good. But man, I'll take a big old floppy slice of New York pizza any day. But then again, I'll also eat the crap out of some Papa John's. So we're still that was like five episodes ago, yeah. and we're still talking about pizza. There's a time change lag between us and Italy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's eight weeks. Yeah, <laughs> that's why Federico is just now getting you know. His 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 uh his comment just now reaching us from Italy. There's a travel there's a travel lag. Uh, another news this week. Netflix has invented a new font, created a new font just for okay. them, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to save the it could save the company millions of dollars. And right, and my first is how does that happen? Well, apparently. They have to license fonts to use in some places around the world. And by creating okay. their own font, they won't have to license fonts anymore. But this brings us back to, have you ever known someone who was a just a, like a font junkie? Um, yeah, the font police. I've got a few friends, and they're usually um, marketing people or graphic designers, and they're just, right? you know... Font, yeah, they're they're font Nazis, absolutely, yeah. Like in the write up about this story, uh, one of the guys said, "It has always been a dream of mine to work on a custom typeface," and I just thought, (laughs) and I just thought, you know, nerd alert! How sad for you that this is your dream. You know, you don't have to do any. You could literally just start working on a custom typeface. Like, like you like, could do that at home with a Commodore sixty four. You do not need anything to do that. Like you get, you know, you're like you're on your deathbed and you're reaching out to your family with your hands and your feeble, shaking body, and you're saying, <laughs> "I never, I never got to work on a custom typeface." <laughs> Papa, my what li- is it, Papa? Papa, yes. what are you? Papa's my trying life, to talk. Papa. My life has been for naught. <laughs> oh no, Papa! Oh no. <laughs> 
<laughs> and once in 1962, I used Comic Sans. Please forgive me. I invented papyrus. I'm just saying, right? <laughs> The, the people who are into fonts crack me up. How just how just into fonts that they are. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a thing. It's a real thing. And mm-hmm. uh, and how angry bad typography oh, makes them. They they get oh they get so angry. Yeah. They get yeah, so angry. Like, the same way that though I mean that if someone who's really into image competition tries to talk to a layman about an image, they're just like, dude, really. That's way too much detail that you're too worried about. That's you know it's it's it, they, I, I just a nice picture. That's Agreed. all I care about. And we're like, no, no, no. But you notice the brightest spot of this picture is not on the face. And if you and the leading line is not quite right. And the angle of attack. And then there's the, the – he should have been using a different lens. And the face is turned and the nose is breaking the plane of the cheek. And they're like, dude, seriously? And then the guy who's <laughs> checking you out at McDonald's goes, do you want yeah. the fries or not? Yeah. Seriously, dude? <laughs> no. That's seriously – you know, and the, but that's the same way with the font people. They are just oh, and they go oh, look at this font. Look at the way the T interacts with the X. Yeah, not <laughs> they yeah, are whatever. Yeah, they are crazy. Bobby was a, uh, Bobby sent me a picture from McDonald's drive through. Speaking of the drive through, just yesterday where it said uh, the big sign and it said uh, now now I think it's now with one hundred percent real beef. And she's like, what the hell was in the hamburger before now? <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. if it's now 100% real beef. <laughs> it was uh, 13% uh, armadillo. I think that they largely use a lot of soy and stuff like that as filler. I don't think it's anything like... Soy, the miracle food. I don't think that they're, uh, you know, shoving kangaroo tails in there because they're getting them for cheap or anything like that. Right. Or it could be plant-based based protein, cockroaches. I don't know. Probably cockroaches. Oh, oh we and, and uh, we have a possum now. Like as a pet, or it no, lives on the property. Lives on the property. We just last night we're sitting on the back deck, and suddenly I look out, walking across the yard. I'm like, um, that's a possum. There you go. There's your there's your marsupial night uh, night working machine. There came walking yeah. across the deck, went up to the bowl where we put out the food for the squirrels, got himself a bite to eat, and then left. So, um, have you given him a name? Assuming it's no. him, I guess I don't want to be a possum no. sexist. I don't think though. Uh, I don't think though. Before I lived in Florida, I don't think I thought of Florida as being. Um, as being l- like a really nature kind of place until I lived here. Are you here. kidding me? Everything yeah. in Florida is trying to kill you. Yeah, I didn't, but I didn't, until I lived here, I didn't really think of it that way. I thought of it as, I thought of more like, you know, like Louisiana where I was from. That was, you know, sportsman's paradise. I didn't think of, I thought for Florida, I thought, well, like, there's the Everglades, but that's it. And I didn't realize no matter where you are in Florida, there's a chance there's going to be a gator under your car when you go out. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, since you're not from here, hold on. Kira Berry, Derryberry says, I only just got Bure to switch from Ariel to Helvetica. Yeah. So that- <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not, she thinks she has, but I like the Ariel. What's wrong with Ariel? <laughs> not, n- nothing if you're from 2006. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Font slam. Sick burn. Sick burn on the font front. Dude, font slam. We just titled the episode. I'm just saying. Is is there like a coffee shop somewhere where there's like a bunch of dorks just like presenting their font ideas to each other? Like we call it it a font slam. And there's so many, right? When you go, you're creating something like, well, I need a font. And you go and it's like you've got 3,000 fonts in your computer. And like, how am I supposed to pick? Which of the 400 scripts am I going to pick from? Do we need more? Like, is there a There's just too many. There's just way too many. I saw a documentary, this, but uh, but I, because I am fascinated by the idea, I saw a documentary on. I didn't watch it all. I couldn't make it through it all on the creation of <laughs> uh, of Helvetica. It's 
like, I am shocked, Bure. Yes. Shocked. That shocked I didn't that make you it. couldn't make it through the entire Helvetica documentary. But, but I'm like, you know, there's a whole documentary about Helvetica. And sure enough, there's a documentary about the creation of Helvetica. I mean, they are just – and in a way, it was cool. It's a crack team of, of aces. Well, in right a way, there. it was like one guy. And in a way, it was cool because you you began to see how much has to go into designing these letters because they all have to work well with each other. And you can design – this is a great-looking U, but if you put it next to my T – there's a weird space, and now the word doesn't look right. So it's actually a very exacting science, um, but, you know, only in a I'm going to watch 30 minutes of a documentary way, not in a I'm going to devote my life to, to paying attention to this like, thing. Like, you got the point 15 minutes in. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're like, I got it. That, that's okay, fine. It could have been science. like a 12-minute YouTube video edited down real, you know, real yeah, precisely. Yeah, exactly. So like been, instead, it's 16 hours on how Helvetica was yes. created. And for the fourth hour, we're going to talk about Q. Yes. Oh, that wily old letter. Oh, Do you Q, it? not Q. You're, no. You're, Everyone oh in the font community knows that Q Slow is down. the most difficult letter. Slow down. We need to wait a day before we get to Q. <laughs> It's two different episodes, one on uppercase and one on lowercase oh, Q. It was, a, it, was a, it was a two-parter. It was a do, real... hey, we can do a week on italics. <laughs> Oh my god, I totally forgot. You gotta create bold and italic versions of the same font. Holy <laughs> now, can you send me a link to this this documentary? Now I'm dying right? to see it. Oh my god. And I don't understand. Oh. If it's so if it's so hard, why are there three thousand of them? Why uh, are there so many? I don't know. I have no idea. And apparently you can you can customize any font you want by editing by editing the kernel or whatever and the, the kernel kernel uh, font. Oh well. Um, and uh, Kirk, but Kirk. Uh, you know, I, I just don't get into it. I just go, hey, does that does that look good? Okay, thanks, guy. I bought this from on Fiverr. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much. That's By the way, much my extent of design. A uh, Colonel Font, <laughs> another statue that they're going to be removing from the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, from the thinking. Well, he didn't. He didn't actually invent anything. It was his. He just Colonel Font. <laughs> the uh, By the way, he was um, he was uppity. Since we. <laughs> He was very bold. Oh, oh that font jokes. That Colonel Font coming in hard with the font joke. Are you all right over there? No. You uh, enjoyed that? Yeah, I did. Oh, pretty, my proud, pretty proud of that? Yeah. Because <laughs> I said uppity. That was a reference to uppercase. Just yeah, so you but know. it was, but it was still bold. You, know. you just you thought you threw that one right down the middle. It was a little too cerebral, honestly. Yes, um, I thought, well, I, did, so, I I thought it would be too much to just go upper to go you know with bold. <laughs> yeah, he was very bold. That Colonel Font, uh, Colonel Font. So uh, basically, we've got um, you know we're a lot we live stream these on Facebook as we record the episodes. We started doing that a few weeks ago, and you have the option to give thumbs up, hearts, laughing, tear face guy, and then angry face. So I want to know who the heck is giving us the angry faces out of the six people. Somebody gave us an angry face? Three of them. We've got three angry faces. I can't see that information because in general, generally speaking, I have no desire for feedback at all from my audience. Yeah, well, that's fine. You just want them to sit there and listen. Just sit there, shut up, and pay attention to me. Christopher Arnold writes in, you two should do one of those dad joke-off videos. No. No, no. <laughs> I don't know a lot. A, I don't know a lot of dad jokes. Um. Oh, I've got one. You oh, ready? Oh, here we go. Okay. What kind of bees make milk? I don't know, Gary. Boobies. Oh, that's. Hey. I feel like you told this joke a few weeks ago. <laughs> Did I? I think so. 
Nah, it's probably just a really old joke. Oh. I think you did. I, I, okay. All right, I got one more. Here we go. Oh, no. What was Beethoven's favorite fruit? Banana. Oh, okay. I would have I got there if you had <laughs> given me a minute. If you had given me a minute, I had it in my head. I'm like, okay, it's got to be something with the Fifth Symphony. So it's got to be bum, 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 bum. And I, was, I'm, I don't know if I would have got banana, but I knew it was going to be something with the bum, bum, bum. Well, you know, you're welcome. You're welcome. Here's another thing I find fascinating, not just the font people. But um, the other day, I don't know what's worse, that people are fascinated with this or that I'm actually watching a video about the people who are fascinated with this, which in a, in, in a way is also a weird fascination. I would totally watch a documentary about people who are obsessed with fonts. I would watch that documentary. So here's what I like. At the end of, um, of The Empire Strikes Back. <sighs> okay. Now L- I'm in. <laughs> Lando Calrissian is in the Millennium Falcon getting ready to go and try and rescue Han. Yes. And he mm-hmm. is suddenly no longer wearing his blue cool guy outfit. He like is, he's wearing Han's clothes. He's wearing Han's clothes. Yeah, it's very uncomfortable. And so then this leads to a whole discussion over the years of people trying to figure out why he's wearing Han's clothes. And to come up with a story as to why he's wearing... What I, what I love is that people assume that anything that they see in a movie, that there is some backstory involved. That it isn't just... Oh, well, you know, they screwed up and put the wrong hat on him. No, no, there must be a reason he's wearing the hat. No, but that's what they, you know, it's called a retcon. Like yes. in the storyline, they have to go back and change They're it so, so that it does have the retcon. Yeah. They're so serious about the retcon. And Retroactive continuity, for those of you yes. who weren't aware. By the way, my wife, Julie, just uh, texted in um, that Ellie, my three-year-old, oh. likes to hit all the faces. So mystery solved, my daughter's hitting the angle. There faces, we go. Oh, so. that's good to know. And that, <laughs> and there's just a little taste of what the high school years are going to be like for you, my friend. <laughs> Thanks. So the I argument, so that. the argument becomes one argument was that he, what was that the what what um what Han Solo's wearing is kind of a uniform of of his people and of the military that his pants are are military and this and everything else and that what what he's done is that Lando has changed into those sorts of clothes but then this is the retcon that I liked he's not wearing Han's clothes in fact Han has been wearing Lando's clothes all along when Han won the Millennium Falcon in a poker game Lando's stuff was still on board Han needing some clothes put on Lando's clothes and when Lando got the Falcon back he's like oh look Here's my favorite shirt. My, my my clothes are still here, and he so he put on some of his you know some of his old favorite clothes, and that's why they're dressed alike. But what I really find funny is that people devote so much time to try and come up with this story. Well, people are very sad and lonely and need something to occupy their time. Yeah, that's, I mean that's basically it. It's just like, it's you. I mean, I don't know why he's wearing those clothes, but I'm going to assume that there is no reason that it's you know. Ask here's the idea. Why don't you ask the director or the person who was in charge of wardrobe on the set of Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back and have them tell you why they had the guy change clothes for that scene? Here's my theory: Lando escaped from Cloud City with the other rebels, and they got out of there together. He fled with only the clothes on his back. And so he needed to borrow a set of clothes. And right. obviously, much like Ernest goes to camp, uh, there, Han Solo opens his closet and there's right. just tw- 20 of the same outfit. So, right. you know, what's Lando going to do? He can't well, keep wearing the same skivvies for days and days and he days. Escapes, he escapes clothes. on the Millennium Falcon. Then they go back to the fleet. And he's like, I got to get these rags. So he goes into Han's apartment thing there, goes into his wardrobe. Oh, I'll just take this and put that stuff on. And, and then we're off to the races. But there's no there's no target in the rebel fleet. You know, you got to make do. But people gotta, but know. the fact that you and I are even talking about this is ridiculous and the fact that other people make videos about it is ridiculous. <laughs> this seems completely appropriate for us. 
Hold yeah. on, we got it. We got another comment from yeah, Frederico, I'm the o- pizza Nazi. I'm Hang okay on one second. Dis- I'm okay with the discussion <laughs> about it. It's the making of the video. They make videos uh, describing it that look like it took literally 10, 20 hours to create. Yeah, video. I know. I, I watch most of them. All right. So <laughs> Frederico comes back. He says, I'm sorry to say I lived and grew up in the States. Love the place. But when it, fo- when it comes to pizza, food and pizza, nothing beats Italy. I can go to a kebab place and get a three euro pizza and it will always be better that you eat out than you eat outside of Italy. Ciao, a tutti. Sorry for the rant. Hey, man, no hate. Um, you you do you, Frederico. You're allowed to like whatever you want, man. And guess what? It's a big, beautiful world, and everybody has their favorite pizza. That's why we joke about it, because it's sort of like you usually just like what you grew up with, and that's kind of how people sort of like stuff. So um, glad you love your pizza. Thanks for watching from Italy, dude. Yes, <laughs> and, and ciao, a tutti frutti to you. <laughs> Christopher Arnold says an alternate edit has um, him wearing nothing but Chewie's bandolier. No, no, no. That's Star Wars. <laughs> oh, Not yeah. Star totally Wars. other thing. Totally different. Totally other thing. Yeah, that's another thing. Not the title of the episode this week, though. No. We're <laughs> 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 not going to squeak that one by the censors. No, no, no. No censors. Oh, man. Well, fantastic. Do you have anything to do to add to this episode before we wrap it up? I just want to talk about a couple of things uh, that are coming up. Uh, one is um, I'm going to be doing a live class for Canon from Adorama in New York City, and you will be able to watch the live stream of that through uh, an Eventbrite link where you could go register for it, and it's absolutely free. And uh, I'm going to repost that into the Photobomb Podcast Facebook page so you can go and do that. I'll also post a link to it in the episode notes. <laughs> We have coming up Florida Photography Workshops where I will be doing a two-day marketing class that will be uh, really awesome. And if you're in the UK, I will also be there in May for the Newborn Photography Show doing a marketing class there. So I know we have a few listeners over there, and that will be in Coventry on, I think, the 14th and 15th of May. So you're welcome to come see me there. And, uh, man, I got a lot of crap coming up. I'm going to be at Shutterfest this weekend. (laughs) If you're going to be at Shutterfest, come And the planners of the event who have brought... Gary, in at great expense to perform, are so happy at his categorization of the crap that he has. Yeah, a lot of crap going on, man. Um, Yo, this is convention season, just busy this time of year. Um, And so, this is really my last one for uh, domestically for a little while. Um, But I'll be at Shutterfest in St. Louis at Union Station starting uh, next week. So, that'll be really cool. I'm doing three classes. And it should be a really good time. So if you're going to be there and you see me come up, say hi. If you listen to the show, you're going to be at Shutterfest. I'd love to say hi to you and take a selfie with you and send it to Boo Ray. So <laughs> that's that's what we'll do. I think that's all I got. All right. So let's wrap this thing up. You can find us online. Just go to Facebook.com slash Podcast. You can find our website, photobombpodcast.com. You can find Gary at HughesFiorelli.com. You can find me at BooRayPerry.com. And you can email us, questions at photobombpodcast.com. And we'll see you back here next week. All right, see you later.